At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. This is Mav. Uh, I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And we're so happy you're here. Uh, we are going over Home, the 16th episode in, the, in season one for Glee. It uh, debuted April 27th, 2010 to 12.2 million people. And uh, the Houston Chronicle called this the weakest episode so far, season one. You'll, you'll see if we agree or not with them on this. But giving you a quick overview, uh, when Kurt sets his dad, Bert, up with an unexpected partner in order to have a real family, his plan for an average family backfires. Sue demands that Mercedes go on a diet and lose 10 pounds in preparation for a big interview with Splits magazine. Mercedes and Quinn discuss body issues while Kristen Chenoweth returns as April Rhodes to help Will save the Glee Club. This episode was directed by Paris Barkley and written by F- Brad Falchuk. All right, so quick, just a quick rundown of, of our storylines here. We've got like Bert and Kurt and Finn. We've got Mercedes and stuff she's dealing with. And then like way, 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 way back there that nobody cares about, we've got you know, Will Schuster doing a thing. But nobody really cares about that. So let, let's discuss the thing that is the most important to all of us, the return of Bert Hummel. Bert! Hey, Bert. And the return of Carol Hudson. Carol! Carol! So uh, what uh, thoughts on Bert, thoughts on Kurt, thoughts on Carol, thoughts on this plot line, uh, this storyline, this plot line? All of this. Let's go. I just continue to be impressed that Bert is like the one character that Glee got consistently realistic and also likable. Yes. That's not two things Glee excelled at at the same time. Nope. Now, do you think part of that has to do with like writing or has to do with uh, Mike O'Malley? I, if oh. I had to, if I had to guess, I would say both. But I also feel like it might be one of those things where, like, somebody in that writer's room was like writing out their revisionist history of what they wanted. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but like Ryan Murphy uh, <laughs> might have had a habit of doing that sometimes while he still cared about the show. <laughs> you know, the conversations that he wish he had with his own family and partners. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean. I'm not going to say, Glee is not a documentary. <laughs> but, like, sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to say, okay, this is, you know, 
writing has in 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 and out throughout um, the different seasons, characters can can vary wildly. And maybe it's because Bert the only he's there enough to have an established character, but he's not there so frequently that you can mess it up. Maybe he's like there just the right amount. Maybe it's because his character is 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 emotionally important to some of the writers. But yeah, it's it's interesting how you actually see growth with him too, and it it's consistent growth, and it it's growth that makes sense, um, and not just wildly from like pendulum swinging from like one episode to another. And I think that that's really really awesome. I enjoy that. I glad I'm glad that it's Bert. But yeah, and I. I feel like Mike O'Malley brings a sense of history to the character. So when he says something uh, like the, the line about how it's been eight years since his wife died, mm-hmm. that you can just, you glean from just a few words, a lot of backstory. And it comes from his line delivery and the way he says it and the way he's looking at Kurt and just his presence. You don't have to, you get the gut punch of it without it needing to be overly dramatic and screaming and yelling and throwing things at the wall. It's kind of like when Kurt said the thing about, you know, still smelling her perfume in the drawer. Uh Like it, it's, it's so simple, but it manages to encapsulate a lot of information. And that helps that, you know, two people like that wouldn't sit there and have like, do you remember how your mother died eight years ago? Yes, father, I do remember that. So you can, kind of cut through and have a more realistic conversation but it also makes me wonder if, again if that's a, a, a comment like i can still smell her perfume is something that um was ra- was randomly thrown in by by you know chris or somebody else just as i know they do often um put in put in things that were said from from the actors into the writing so it's ultimately this is just me kind of going hey let's discuss something we're never going to be able to answer because i don't think ryan murphy's going to wind up showing up on this um but podcast surely he will (laughs) maybe maybe keep keep hope alive but uh, hope hope alive (laughs) hashtag 2018 Uh, i don't know i i disagree with that um that review that you mentioned about it being a weak episode, because I don't think it was a weak episode. I think it was one of the better episodes. I agree with you. I think, you know, it didn't necessarily move a ton of storyline forward, which I know can be something that we complain about a lot, but what it did do was provide a lot of needed emotional growth and character growth. And sometimes, sometimes a show has to stop and take a breath and have, these moments between characters that don't necessarily provide plot but provide character and that's what this one did and i actually think it did it pretty well and you know the the three or four storylines they they meshed okay that's you know that each one was important in its own way and especially the carol and finn conversations and the Bert and Kurt conversations about loss and moving on and adult relationships I thought was actually really good so I take umbrage with that reviewer 
from 2010. Well, I think I think one of the things that made the episode feel a little bit different and newer and like solid is that it was giving us character development that wasn't solely based on who's dating who. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Carol and Bert relationship was there, but like for one of the first times in however many episodes the show has been, it wasn't about like this teenager is dating this other teenager. Um, yeah. Or wants to or whatever. Um, also, we got like actual scenes with different characters without Rachel being the center of it. Yeah. Which Fun was fact, really nice. Fun fact, this was the first episode uh, that does not feature um, a Rachel storyline. Maybe that's like, why it was so good. Yeah, I'm like, I, I think that's what made it stand out. And even if it wasn't technically progressing things along, mm-hmm. it still felt like something new and interesting. Well, it wasn't it wasn't progressing plot along, but it was progressing um, characterization along, which yeah. Yeah, I think we can all agree. It's like, okay, even though maybe we didn't move further along in, in on the store on the Candyland storyboard of Glee, you know, we didn't get from physically from A to B, but we've emotionally moved. Um, the kind of, I guess, circling back towards to what, you know, Kurt and Finn are going through very, I felt to be very realistic of, I mean, despite the fact that, you know, Kurt's like, I'm going to set, I'm going to set up my dad with my crush's mom. That part's not realistic. But the the emotions of of dealing with a, a loss of a parent, and then when said parent is moving on, and then when you know they're moving on in a way that you didn't expect, didn't anticipate, didn't want, you know, Kurt, Kurt's emo, you know feelings of having of realizing, oh, not only did my my ploy at trying to get closer to Finn not work, now my you know now my dad likes Finn better than me. That's yeah. Those are realist I feel those are realistic thoughts realistic emotions that a teenager would go through in this in this time and I actually felt them and didn't end up go didn't end up going oh Glee is just going over the top to go over the top I felt that that was a, a very well shown you know emotional storyline yeah especially because you you get so quickly and so easily how Kurt feels alienated from his father. I mean, they are tropes of he's he's the gay kid and then you've got the the football loving oil changing dad and how could they possibly have anything in common? But but it's tempered by Bert being so understanding and so such a good parent that that it makes it that it that those emotional beats are harder for us as an audience because we're sitting going, Kurt, Bert loves you, but he can't feel that way. So it, it helps. It's good for the audience to be able to see both sides and to be able to feel something for a character, knowing that he's trying to fix a thing or you're mm-hmm. actually invested in how he deals with his dad and with how Finn deals with his mom and that, these two adults are trying to get past equally traumatic experiences while raising teenage sons, while trying to be functioning adults in society and have jobs and whatever the fuck they do in their day. It it works. I think it works. And I'm glad that it's something that Glee didn't fuck up straight out the box. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even though Kurt looks like a dick during this. Oh, he really does. Yeah. You get it. At least you kind of get it. Like it's a little overdone because it's Glee, but not so much that you're like, uh, but you're still just like, Kurt, stop being an asshole. But then, yeah. you know, you, you do get it when he tells his dad, of course, you're finally getting the son that you've always wanted. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot imagine what it must've been like for him, but I did feel like, yeah, you're, you're, you're being you're being a dick, but you're being like, in my thought, like a 15 year old dick, which is to yeah. say, I'm like, it, it felt age appropriate for an effeminate gay boy whose father is incredibly all about football and flannel. And mm -hmm. he's nothing like that. And God, what I, I don't, I don't know how to relate to my dad and he doesn't know how to relate to me, but he can relate to Finn. Mm -hmm. And I can, that so yeah he was an asshole but i felt it was a I, I i still felt it was a realistic for the situation and for the age that kurt is is supposed to be yeah mm -hmm. but uh, you can definitely you can definitely see okay yeah your your favorites aren't unproblematic they do have some problem some problems mm -hmm. several I say, problems i say about my about my favorites um that being so talking discussing along the lines of i guess a more emotional characterization and and i feel going on the opposite end of being an asshole uh mercedes yay mercedes with a storyline that makes sense for her and yeah. never happens again yeah, yeah. i liked i like mm -hmm. the storyline because no teenage girl is happy in high school, right? Like that's a pretty easy thing to for an audience to to get invested in that high school can suck and being uh, what feels like abnormal, you know, when you don't when you feel like you don't look like everybody else even though you probably do, it sucks and being forced or told or expected to lose weight to feel like you're part of the in crowd is a thing that most of us go through for our entire lives. And yeah. I wish it was something that, that they did more of, I guess, mm -hmm. but I was glad that it was at least covered and that Mercedes got to stand up and, and that they did do kind of the perils of fitting in and, and how different clicks can ruin your life. <laughs> I had a different end of that sentence. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Sometimes they get away from you. Yeah, I was just like, just trailed off into like, God, Cheerios suck. Uh, <laughs> they do. Yeah. But I mean, like, and, and the, I guess bridging, bridging in Kurt being kind of a dick. Um, yeah, you definitely had him not being as not being as sympathetic as he could be. I mean, he really, he wasn't. I I still, like, I, I understand his reasoning with, yeah. again, being like, I don't want to be on the bottom of the totem pole and be shit on continuously, and I'm not right now. But also, like, your friend's going through some shit and dealing, and it's more than, well, yeah, we all yeah. do. But, um, I don't I mean, know. It, it definitely just ties into, in general, in season one, Kurt has not hit his evolved state yet as a person. Kurt is right. kind of a dick to everyone he's supposedly friends with at one point yeah. or another. Yes. 
I did like Quinn being a, a, a point of positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked, I, well, or at least having Quinn and being able to talk somewhat positively with, with Mercedes. I am down for any particularly positive uh, female interaction on this show, um, no matter how small or how, how much I may have to squint to see it. I'll take it. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it certainly, you know, tied into the theme of the show, like, you know, being at home in your own body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Quinn having an eating disorder, I think, was super important, but it also felt like something maybe we could have seen or something yeah. that could be carried through because, like, it felt a little, uh, like, short-shifting the whole thing for her to say that it was only because I'm pregnant that I'm taking better care of myself. Well, especially it, as there are a lot of women that who who have eating disorders and get pregnant, not necessarily change. So I'm like, that could have been yeah. interesting point to bring up, especially as that that's incredibly. I mean, it would be topical. It's just it yeah, it's important to talk about. Yeah, it it felt easy because it's like it's saying, oh, well, I'm fixed now because I got pregnant, not addressing really the the psychological and emotional issues behind having an eating disorder yeah. are not, they're not just going to go away once she gives birth, right? They could even just get worse because, well, I mean, teenagers' bodies bounce back better, but like, she's not going to look the same after having a baby. And that's also very important to discuss. And also, so yeah, like it's, it's important for like the blonde. Yeah, it's like the the blonde head cheerleader having an eating disorder is important because some do, and it's something that shows about teenagers need to talk about because vanity in teenagers is a problem and expectations and parents and all these kinds of things and like societal norms about bodies and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, putting it on the pregnancy to say, oh, it's fine now because I'm pregnant and eating for two. Like, yeah, but you're still, you still have an eating disorder because you haven't worked through it. You've just postponed it. I mean, but the whole, the whole like eating disorder storyline is one that Glee is, like many things, very inconsistent on. Because we do get, like, the moral of this episode being, like, it's not worth it. And then... I mean, I won't go into detail about it, but like a few seasons later, we've got another eating disorder story again, played strictly for laughs to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, it is the problem of like it's I'm it's Mercedes side that I think went really well, mm-hmm. and but it doesn't quite do it. But I, I'm still glad it was there, and I'm still glad that Mercedes got to stand up and sing her song and talk a little bit about the expectations of a certain, uh, well, really, of the entire school. Yeah. I, I also, I feel like magical pregnancy fixing everything is sort of a continuation of the magical cock trope. <laughs> Just, you know, a, a continuation on a female or, you know, maybe not female side. Uh, just continuation of that. Um Everything's better now that I'm pregnant. Is it yeah. though? 
Is it though? Is it though really? Because I mean, there's a lot that they could easily unpack with that. You're going to have swollen ankles. You're going to have stretch marks. You're going to gain weight in other places to just say, I got pregnant. So now I have to eat better because I have another person. I'm like, that's a, that's a very simplified understanding of what one, an eating disorder is and two, how somebody's brain goes through dealing with that once, you know, once they become pregnant, go figure the person writing it is somebody who was not going to become pregnant or has go figure go figure it's weird it's like guys don't know what it's like at least ones without vaginas yes that's true yeah Uh, so basically ryan murphy doesn't know what it's like accurate so accurate all right so we've got um any comments on 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 beautiful mercedes song other than the fact that we get a song from mercedes (laughs) We get we get a song from Mercedes. We get a Christina Aguilera song. Um, I was kind of annoyed that it was intruded upon by that sports writer or whoever that guy was. I forget what his job was. Uh, he was the uh, Splits Magazine guy, right? Yeah, Splits Magazine. It just kind of felt like, oh, look, this turned out well for Sue. Like, I don't, in this moment, I don't care. That's not the story. Yeah. I want I want this moment to be about Mercedes and all the girls in that school, not about it suddenly being a good thing for Sue. So I thought that was like un unneeded. Yeah, unneeded. I mean, I the song and this particular storyline in it is about Mercedes. And while she shows kind of an amazing sense of character. To kind of say, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Which, by the way, at her age, I would not have done. So, right, yeah. appreciate, appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's unnecessary to throw it to to Sue or to... I really don't care about the re- resolution of that storyline. I don't care about the Split Magazine writer. That was literally... The Split Magazine writer was literally a means to the end. A means to make Sue... Make Mercedes lose weight. For Mercedes to then get to this point, so it's like I don't care. That's not. Yeah. It is taking away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did kind of just ignore him as much as possible. Yeah, right. so, so we're getting to a point where we have to address it. Shoe, Schuster storyline. Um, whatever the fuck they were doing this episode, because I. Yeah. They have spent those times when they were on screen going to get something to drink. So this this was the, um, you know, the Glee Club has to find a temporary new home. Roll credits. Uh, <laughs> because she, uh, Sue booked the auditorium, so the Glee Club can't use it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And their option is a roller ring, because... Because that makes yeah, sense. There's nowhere Doesn't else Rachel in the city Barry that have has... a fucking stage in her basement. <laughs> yeah, really. Yes. And two dads. But apparently, it's only. Yeah, but apparently, it's only big enough for two. That stage. I mean, I, well, I was say we did get the entire Glee Club and Blaine down there once. I'm just saying. It's true. Yeah. I mean, then like Kurt's room apparently is big enough to have a dance party. So. Uh, but you know, roller rink. So yeah, okay, I'll go so with we, that. We go to the roller rink, and I I guess eh, there are worse ways to bring back a popular guest star, right? Like, at least she had something to do. Mm-hmm. Like, she 
she offered a thing that the Glee Club needed. So that that yeah. was good. That it wasn't just like she walked in for no reason. Uh, I was sad that they wasted the song Fire with this scene. Not yeah. even that not even that Shu and April sang it because like Oh, I'm I'm upset about that. <laughs> I mean, of the things for me to be mad about on a given day, like I couldn't, I didn't have room for that one. Like it fell off my list. But like, like, even if it was them singing it, there were so many better scenes to have that song. Even like at the end of the episode, doing like a minor key version of Fire would have been fine. And I guess I'm just glad adults sang it because the lyrics are a little date rapey. So... (laughs) As long as the students weren't singing it, that's better. Hey, and at least but I like- who was singing it with another adult, which yes, they I were two adults. Is moving up in the world, mm. so he's gotten. Uh, but other than that, like I just don't care because isn't he still supposed to be in love with Emma? Yeah, about yeah. That. He conveniently so. forgets that on a regular basis around other female guest stars. Yeah, yeah, right. As soon as a female guest star shows up, it's like Emma's just gone yeah pretty much it's almost like they're like we can only outside of sue we can only have like one other female like lee or not lee but like adult at one at one point we that the budget only only can allow for that so sorry yeah. we're just gonna have to cycle one through woman, them. not sure how many but you know but, that's yeah. because carol defies the show that's that is totally fine. I will allow that. So she, I she defies the show. True. I don't like that. Um, okay, so I like April Rhodes for the most part, except for the fact that every time April's around, we get more shoe because that just happens. So I'm not really a fan of that whole part. Aside from that, um, I have to agree with uh, MTV that basically felt that there was way too much Chenoweth in this episode. And I, and I feel that way. There is. Awesome we're all Chenoweth. And I think she's an amazing singer, but I just like, I'm like, you're not the show. Yeah. As much as I adore you. Um, I don't, I don't care about, about you as a character. I care about how you can do what you can do for for the kids and for their storyline and while she did have something to bring i didn't feel it was enough for what like three songs especially a shoe was in them and there he was in bed with her and i was like this is not necessary and that's definitely when i went to go get more rum because i just did not need that in my life i don't need that kind of activity in my life she didn't need to have the final song of the episode and i and i definitely get that she did because of who the actress is I just yeah. wish um, I just wish she could have been woven into the storylines a little bit better. And maybe instead of having a lot of her this episode, we had a little bit of this episode, a little bit of a, like the next episode. Basically, same amount of Kristen, just or same amount of April, just maybe pull it out a little bit longer and and give me more of the kids' storyline. Yeah, yeah, um, I have I have no disagreements there. Um, all right, so I, I have a couple. I have a couple questions that I wrote down here um, that I would like to discuss with the group. Yes. One, um, Carol Hudson. <laughs> yes. She a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
uh, canon or is this fanon? I have no fucking idea, and I spent like half an hour googling it, and I still don't it's, know. It's fanon. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna say it. It's fanon. I think it is in fact pure fanon because if she were a nurse, they definitely would have had an episode at a hospital. Also, she definitely wouldn't have freaked out when she hit someone with her car or when Finn yeah. hit someone with his car. I mean, she might have freaked out, but she probably would have gone a more helpful route than just screaming. Could yes. that have been when she decided to become a nurse? <laughs> I I think there is... I, I have no memory of her in Scrubs. I think there is no canon evidence that she is or ever was a nurse. So I think that is pure fanon. I appreciate it. She's a caring person. Um, yeah. Okay, so then follow up. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, what what is Carol? She's not a nurse. Do we do we have any idea? Do we have any thoughts or discussions of what she should be, if not a nurse? Well, her biography says that she took many jobs yes. <laughs> to make yes. ends meet. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them, which by the way, one of them could have been nursing. I I think we don't know what her job ever was, so I'm gonna say she was in the witness protection program as an ex CIA mm -hmm. agent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like and, it. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe, so and maybe that's actually how how Finn's dad died was on a mission gone wrong, and that's how she met her her met him initially. Yes. Of... Yeah. Let's go with that. It sounds legit. Mm -hmm. Also, something Glee would do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. That was that was a half hour of my time going going. What is this? Who is she? Why can I not find out what? Uh, what her job was. Um, Kevin, uh, dressed as a cake. Good <laughs> idea or bad idea? Mm. Excellent idea. I'm going to say fantastic idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My next Halloween costume. All right. That's, that's a way to shamelessly get him on the podcast. <laughs> shamelessly? Come on. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, favorite... Shame. Favorite song from this episode? The yeah. unreleased Fergalicious. <laughs> Bold, bold choice. <laughs> okay. Yes. That was that wasn't even. Yes. Okay. I do remember. I do remember the story behind this one. But let's go. Let's go into it. Um. Oh, like talk about why this didn't yes. end up in there because mm -hmm. it's too hot for TV. Yes. Yes. But can but we can discuss why what might have been in it, considering that they did air four minutes and they did not air for delicious. Too much booty, too much junk in the trunk. There was multiple twerkings of both Kurt and Mercedes. I'll take it. I'll take it. There, <laughs> there was too much twerking in the pre-twerk episode. They uh, were clearly trendsetters, if yeah. in the show at all. Mm -hmm, really mm -hmm, did mm -hmm. not chase trends but let them yeah um, worst song will schuster was in this episode <laughs> uh the oh, one with april yeah and i'm gonna go with the one with april because like i just didn't because their relationship 
doesn't go anywhere, right? And it can't go anywhere because she's a guest star. So that song is really, like, it's a great song, like, you know, musical theater wise, but you can't spend that much time on something that the whole audience knows isn't gonna happen. Unless people actually thought that Christian fucking Chenoweth was just gonna stay on Glee for a couple of years, but it's, she's got it's just a like, man to talk to. It and... felt like a waste of time. Yeah, it's sort of, it, it, it... And and this kind of goes back to some of the stuff I said before. I felt that a lot of uh, the stuff with, with April Rhodes was a lot of Kristen Chenoweth vehicles. Again, love yeah. her, but it's like I feel like this was a Kristen performance vehicle, or that like, hey, we've got Kristen, let's let's do something with her. It's like, yeah, her that's definitely what pretty much all of her songs felt like someone was just like, mm-hmm. oh, we we need to make the most of her while we've got her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like Kurt had already done a great rendition of A House Is Not A Home. I didn't mm-hmm. need a reprise of it. Mm-hmm. I did not need a reprise of it with Schuster in a bed with a woman. Yeah. It was not a way so, I needed Speaking of A House Is Not A Home, um, again, fantastic song. Chris does a great job on it uh not the not the scene for it like it's too early in the episode for it Mm -hmm. that that song really needed to have come near the end when he's feeling left out and um alienated from his dad now who's like the only family he's got left not at the beginning of the episode just pining after finn um should have been the uh the closing song Maybe the closing, or at least after the, um, like the breadsticks dinner, maybe, or the conversation with his dad in the basement, after the whole thing, like I'm half an hour behind on my skin routine or whatever the fuck. Like then he's in his home, but singing "A House Is Not a Home" because he feels like he is without that family because his dad is being taken away from him by Finn. How dare you use a song, the song, in a way that would make sense for this character? as opposed to a boy singing it about pining about a boy that he has a crush on for reasons that make no sense yeah i know i know just the first in a long string of glee doing hey we're gonna do this song and and as soon as you find out about the song you think we're gonna be doing it about this thing but (laughs) (laughs) spoilers it's gonna be about something completely different (laughs) that is Uh, not yeah, great song, wrong place. <laughs> I would have loved somebody to just stand up and be like, now is not the time. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Hold yeah, on to it. Hold on to it for 20 more minutes, Kurt. Yeah, just keep that Kurt, inside. Kurt, and you're going to feel this song more deeply in like 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, you're going to feel on. it better later. So just, just hold on to it. Although the Brit uh, and Santana pinky hole was adorable. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them that. Did you have more questions? Uh, no, the only other note I had here oh. was Heart of Glass as April Rhodes theme song is the best thing that I could think of for her. <laughs> that's yeah. not a question. That's just a statement that you guys can also agree with. <laughs> I, do, I do agree. Yes, I do agree with it. Yes. I, I don't know. I think, um, I, I think Blondie is a good, is a good, vocal representation of april Rhodes as a character agreed yes so um, um what do we oh, think going, oh, wait, oh, I wait, did going, yes 
no go i was this is what i was gonna say because you someone you had said a thing about like there can only be one woman in the episode or yeah. whatever both emma and terry are missing from this episode as if they're having margaritas <laughs> as if april completely replaced the both of them because god forbid you have you have them terry took emma out for margaritas and was like girl we really need to talk and that's where they were this entire episode was at a girl's happy hour um the entire episode all day every day and terry was explaining and and then and then basically emma drank too much she blacked out she forgot that this happened and that explains why why she did not take terry's advice (laughs) so that is that is exactly what i thought happened cool 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 yeah. Um, I, I also wrote down a few lines that Bert said, um, just because I uh, fucking love uh, Bert. I also wrote down a few lines that, that Kurt said, because Bert and Kurt tend to have like some of my favorite interactions. I just pay attention more. Um, one, Bert made a comment about how he hates a sports team as much as he hates Nazis. And I was like, I miss when that was a thing that we could say as a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a comparison for the utmost that we can all agree that we hate this thing and that this is a thing that is hated by everybody i miss that what a simpler time that was eight years ago remember back in the day where we all just mutually hated nazis and that was a thing that we all agreed on um Ugh. and then something about uh kurt talking about liza liza minnelli and david guest mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, I appreciate I appreciate his his snarkiness and then Bert's sincerity when talking to to Finn about how much he likes Carol, and I just yeah. remember that was one of the few times that a character has talked about a relationship they were in with what I felt was honesty and sincerity. Yeah, and I believe, and I believe it. Also, yeah, I the one relationship that stood the test of time in Glee. So what does that say? That's true. The um his line about I don't try to change you and you don't try to change me, which I think is something that parents often don't understand. Like parents right. just don't understand, but like you can't, can't change each other and you really shouldn't try. Right. It's just accepting for yeah. being what you are. Um, Love me for who I am, mom. <laughs> do we need to, do we need this episode to go a little longer and discuss further things? Emily? Uh, no, not tonight. <coughs> oh, okay, not tonight. No. I mean, we, we could talk about my emotional trauma with my mother, but I don't think that people need to hear about that. <laughs> that can be, that could be a pay-for episode if that's a thing people want. A very I don't special episode where Emily talks about her relationship with her mother. I mean, we, uh, we could go full-on uh, group therapy with that one. Yeah, we it could. It definitely sounds like a Glee episode, and we could totally do that. Yeah. When I was nine, no. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, uh, how many how many Kevin's would we uh, would we give this episode? Okay. Well, I counted. Uh, the episode goes twenty seven minutes before Kevin gets a line. <laughs> so, what <laughs> like, uh, you decide? Uh, but Kevin but he, is in a large cake costume. He is in a large cake costume. So I think maybe half a Kevin. For the cake costume, I'll take it. Yeah, the cake the cake costume saves him just a, saves the episode just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was a ridiculous thing, but I was just like, yeah, okay. 
Yeah. Why not? Um, also, uh, Kevin, Mikhail, if you're listening, because I'm sure you are, I would love to discuss what it was like wearing a large kit costume if the, <laughs> while in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, that's right. He would be in the wheelchair. So you're uh, in a wheelchair in a king costume. In a king costume. I would yeah. love to, while trying to act, I would love to discuss your process for this. Um, How did you get into character in a cape costume? <laughs> what were you wearing under the cape costume? Also, did it make you hungry? Because it made me hungry. Yes, were you hungry? Because I could eat a cake right now. Exactly. exactly. We're, just, we're just workshopping this first Kevin interview, like, yeah. right now. <laughs> This is another there, one of our therapy sessions. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the episode Kevin can can guest star on. Group it, therapy. I feel like after being on the Glee set for that many years, a group therapy episode might be exactly what he needs. He might, so. might be down. Also, if the interview, if, if it'd be easier just to do group therapy, Kevin, we're open to that too. And we're willing, yeah. willing for that as well. We all have lots of things to talk about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, anyway, but half a Kevin for cake. Half a Kevin for cake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like at some point I will go back and, and start to try to figure out what, put some, put some like uh, plot these on some like spreadsheet. Oh, the Kevin. Like, uh, you know, amounts to things. That ought to be interesting. Or if by me, I mean one of our, listeners that's also yeah if someone else could do that because i got enough shit to do if somebody else is good at numbers and things i would love to know the uh the numerical value of what we've put into things but kevin, <laughs> the kevin algorithm the kevin rhythm the kevin, kevin rhythm kevin, i kevin like it i'd like somebody to please tell me what our kevin algorithm is please. yes i like it we will uh, give you um a hedwig playbill Yes. Is your, is your reward for putting together a uh, Kevin algorithm. Yes. Done. And and yeah. there you go. You, you have it's met. not signed. Don't assume it's signed. It's not. It's just a Hedwig playbill. Still awesome. Just FYI. making I mean, sure that's, that that's... That's still a Darren fan collector's item at this point. <laughs> you can get it signed if you want, but like, it's not signed. You should get it. But we could sign it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, it's like, we will sign it, but like, it's, you get a, it's not. You get a, you get a playbill from of Hedwig uh, for, yeah. that Darren was in, signed by us. Signed by yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. And I, if, if you don't want that for your collection, I can't possibly understand why, because that sounds, that is something nobody has. I mean, that is yeah, far no. more, far more, Darren signed hundreds of them. That's not unique. Our signatures are unique. How many have we yeah. signed? None. Zero. None, except one, maybe. Just this one. <laughs> Just the one. For you. Yeah. And you know what? If you ask nicely, it might even be a pride playbill. Oh. <gasps> Still. <laughs> Actually, it'll be signed by Kevin McHale. <laughs> we will find a way. Yeah, he, he's it's just got to carry all the weight for that cast now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on him. Honestly, if some if a listener was able to come up with a Kevin algorithm, I feel like I our our Twitter may not stop until we get somebody's attention to be like we need a signature for something <laughs> because this happened. Don't question things, please. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions, Kevin. You don't want answers to. But we'll ask questions. We do want answers to. 
Yeah. All right. So any any further thoughts on on like favorite songs? I know I asked uh, what songs you didn't like and what opinions were on a couple of them, but um, did, you, did we did we discuss favorites? We may have. I may have completely I, forgot that with Kevin. No, McCain. we didn't. Not really. We. I didn't love any of the songs in this episode, honestly. Like, Beautiful was fine. Like, it was a good song, and she did a great job at it, but it didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty like, eh, yeah, there's some songs in this episode, but it wasn't... I, I, it would have to be A House Is Not A Home, I guess. It's just in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I like the... I loved the song. I hated the reason behind it, yeah. which happens yeah. frequently for me. It does. Um, yeah. I mean, for all of us, too. I, at some point, we really do need to do a uh, an episode on Glee songs that were done for the either done wrongly or for the wrong reason. Yes, we will. An and, entire episode where we just write the fanfic of where we think the song should have been used. Yes, I have I have those like saved on a hard drive. Some like good notes and notes upon that because and i'm sure many many of our listeners do too um just because i'm sure there's a lot of them yeah all right and then uh any any further thoughts or any issues complaints problems thoughts on on mike chang the uh third rate mutant and what he was doing this this whole this whole episode i will not yeah where where was he I assumed he had to go back to the mansion for a little while. <laughs> he had important mutant things to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I assumed that they were like had like what would be like a bylaw meeting or something, and it was back at like the uh, X Men. Um... You mean back at Dalton? <laughs> right. Right. Mike Chang, secretly part of Dalton. This is why he and Blaine became good friends. Done. I mean, <laughs> I think this is fine. Mike Chanderson is, is <laughs> I will defend it. That's going Mike on. Chanderson. Okay. Well, um, in that case, I will I'm gonna leave this uh the, this episode recap on Mike Chanderson because why not? Because why not, yeah. Uh and leave leave everybody with that thought and because uh, that makes sense for this episode completely. Um so we've gone over we've gone over Bert and Kurt and Kurt's song that he can't sing in the right spot and him and Bert getting a new son and, and Finn getting a new father and Kurt losing everything apparently. And, and then we got Mercedes and her body issues and then learning to, to love herself. And then, and then way, way later, we've got way too many adults singing way too much about stuff that I don't care about. And uh, Kevin McHale in a cake costume. <sighs> yeah. I don't think so. No, I think that's it. All right. Well, then. That's what you missed on At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof. And we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey, babe. Your parents are here. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. 
At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.